What's up, guys? Episode 34, Josh Dittmer. We got the Aussie accent on this one, the Aussie connection. Super cool guy, young guy, 25. He's a stoic in the making. Um, I really enjoyed having having him on the podcast. He had uh, has his own podcast, Live More, Regret Less. He's had guys like Ben Greenfield and um, Elliot Hulse on, guys that are huge in whatever industry. Um, so definitely check this one out. This one is, uh, shorter than usual. Uh, a joy to listen to a ton of stories. He tells some crazy stories about when he was growing up in, in Australia and how he got over here and how he's navigated his life thus far. So quick little one, Josh came by the new studio today and, and we chopped it up for a nice little, nice little chat. So check it out guys. Thanks. So Josh, I met Josh. My introduction to Josh was in a bookstore on Pender and, what was that bookstore called? Oh, McLeod's Books. McLeod's Books, obviously. So good. I bought two books there after our podcast. So we had a podcast, we had a space, space got double booked or something. We went and there was a bookstore right next because Josh thinks on his feet and he's like, obviously I'm not gonna cancel this bookstore even though I have literally nowhere to go. Walks across the street, did you know the, the manager of that bookstore? No, dude, I had no idea. I didn't even talk to the manager. I talked to some other guy and like my friend Tashar who helps me with filming and stuff. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's go in the bookstore, let's figure it out. And he's like, man, we're gonna, let's do it. Let's do a car style. He was like, so I'll sit in the back and you guys can sit in the front. And I was like, no, that'll take too long. Fuck it, let's, let's go to the bookstore. And I went in and just hit the, I was like walking with all the camera gear and stuff. And this guy's, I went into the guy, the manager's like yelling behind this massive pile of books. So to, to paint a picture, there's like a, it's just messy. It's like there's books everywhere. This, the desk is literally like covered by another like two feet of books. And there's a manager yelling on the phone and he's just yelling at someone. And there's like, it smells delicious. Like it smells like old paper. Old textbooks yeah. and like yeah. Yeah, that old Harvard University. Yeah. And I just went in there and I, um, uh, yeah, went and used like a, a selling line and like I just asked him like a no question, which is people prefer to say no rather than yes. Because you feel like you're in control. Exactly. Right? Yeah, Chris yeah. Voss, it's good stuff. Okay. And uh, I went up to this guy and I was like, hey man, so we, we like double book, we got this podcast. He's like, do you wanna do a photo shoot? And I was like, no, we're gonna do a podcast. Like, would it be completely ridiculous for us to record in the back here? Would it be completely ridiculous? Mm. No. And he's like, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. be completely ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he's like, I'll ask the manager and the manager's like, I don't have time for this right now. And just like waves us away. And so the young kid's like, Sweet, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, uh, yeah, I like, I went through, left, and then I we came back, I bought another book. Mm. Two books I haven't even, I bought a book on philosophy, and I bought a book on the girls of Pulp Fiction. Oh shit. Neither of which I've opened yet, but those are both. At least um, you got them. Yeah, I got them, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get to them, I swear. Um, Yes, we pop in there. And you know, at the end of the day, that was actually really, books are great sound insulation. Mm. So we're in a studio space right now, it's reverby as fuck, that's why we're on lab mics. <laughs> I was like, we don't have the sound insulation in here yet. So um, yeah, that was like perfect. And then the only deter of that, so that was the introduction to Josh, the only deter of that, we had an amazing podcast, but halfway through this podcast, there's this guy that just comes up and it's just like, oh no, like I'm really interested in browsing right where you guys are at. Like we're in this secluded corner and he like reaches over us trying to like find astronomy books. And I'm just like, holy shit, man. But I'm like keeping a smile on my face. Like, hey man, yeah, do you? And we're like, should we stop? But he just is like, we're like, oh, he'll take a second because he's looking for one book. Man, yeah. He's yeah. browsing. Literally browsing. And you were like, like, should we leave this in? I was like, yeah, yeah, leave it in, it'll be fine. 
And then like 10 minutes later, right. I was like, definitely got to cut this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's hilarious. But then you, I didn't, you didn't notice, but like you were on a roll like 15, 20 minutes later and you were like deep in it and this guy just like pops his head around again and it's the same dude and he's like <laughs> leaning over the top of you and I'm just looking at this guy like, what the fuck? What the fuck and I was like it? trying not to get you off track and this guy's like peeping you like over your head and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah, no, so that was a total mess. Go check that podcast out. We'll link it in the show notes for mm-hmm. sure. That was a good one. Um, we'll have Kevin Wong on that podcast later um, who's the founder of uh, and CEO of Self-Hired. Shout out to Kev. We've been trying to get him for a bit. Mm. Uh, anyways, and so that was the introduction to Josh. And that podcast is pretty cool because there's like, dude, Bren, Ben Greenfield was on it. If you don't know who Ben Greenfield is, we'll link that podcast as well. And Elliot Hulse. Like, dude, what the hell? That moment, what dude. the hell? Unreal. So as a salesman, and we're getting, we'll get into that too. As a salesman, how the hell did you get Elliot Hulse on your podcast? Uh, video invites. Just increased my uh, acceptance rate by like 50, 60%. So what? I would literally just like film a video. So that my, my favorite one, one I did recently, I went bungee jumping yeah. at, uh, in Whistler. Okay. And I'm like, it's <laughs> so good. And I was like, g'day mate. Like, thanks for taking the time to watch this quick little video. This is an invitation for you to come on to the Live More Regret Less podcast. And then I fucking jump off the, off the bungee and then it cuts to like a personalized intro. And then um, just like grab attention and then, and then, you know, sold them on it and had something that was enticing and you know, valuable for them and thank them and then, then reel them in. It was really good. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna steal that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Future podcast guests, this is how I'm going to pitch you. <laughs> Very good. Wow, I've just been texting people like mm. a buffoon. Yeah, but it works, right? And like, I find the DMs work better than... DMs work great. Better yeah. than emails. Well, better than emails, 100%. Well, you send an email and you, and then you get a gatekeeper. Yeah. And they're like, oh, could you get back to us? Like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, fuck you. And then just go talk to them yeah. directly and it works. Yeah. I know. Sometimes we even get we even get ones where like, uh, I'll DM them and like, oh, cool, super busy. This will slip. Shoot me an email. Cool, I'll shoot you an email. I shoot them an email and then I get their assistant. And oh, I have to go to their assistant for like three months and then I get to them. Yeah. And then I'll set up a video conference with them to be like, you know, just feel each other out. Like, do I want to come on? And then if that's a green light from there, then they're good. We'll come on the podcast. See, when you address them directly, even if it gets to the assistant, mm. the assistant's going to show up to them. Yeah. So it cuts past the gatekeeper. So Colleen saw it, Elliot Hulse's wife, mm. and then she showed it to Elliot because mm. I'd addressed it to him directly. Mm. Um, she replied straight away and she's like, yeah, I'll show it to Elliot. Um, you know, I'll let Stupid you know things. what happens. And it really, yeah. It was in that moment where I realized that it actually, you know, direct yeah. invitation works a lot better. Okay, so how, okay. W- what did you say though? Like, how did you pitch him? I, did, I was just like, man, like, you, you know, you'd made such a massive impact on my life. I've got this podcast that's aimed at young guys, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I just said, you know, like, it's aimed at, you know, male millennials between like 22 to 28, 30, yeah. who are looking for a roadmap to their goals and the tools to get them there. Yeah. It's like, you have a message that these guys are dying to hear. Fuck yeah. You know? And it's just like, want to amplify that message. Super sick, super yeah. sick, super sick. So that definitely like speaks to who you are as a, as a whole. So as you sit in front of me today, I'm over here lounging in my self-hired gear. You're over <laughs> here in a freaking suit looking dapper as hell. Thanks, babe. So you're at a point now where you're just killing it over in Canada. You're originally from Australia. You're this like, I don't want to put you as like in the self-help role, but like you're just a, in, a, in a mentor, but also a mentee role. You're, you're in a leadership role. You do different men's groups, your sales tactics and psychology tactics, and you're just like a knowledge fiend. So how did this all come to being to where you are right now? Like, 
like paint the picture for me because I don't even still know and I've hung out with you multiple times, bro. Like what's the story here? What's the backstory here? I think um, like, so I was traveling through the US before I came to Canada oh, sure. and with a friend of mine, I'm pretty much like straight edge, like barely do drugs or drink and like yeah. at all. Yeah. Just love that life. And then um, I was traveling with a friend of mine, Talon, who is in like, was in a solid, pretty solid band back in Australia. And he's like sex, drugs, rock and roll, baby. And I was like, all right, fuck it, we're doing America. And then, um, <laughs> okay, how old are you? Wait, hold on, how old are you? I was 24. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, totally not really my scene, but I had fun anyway. And then um, <laughs> I was like, well, that was hectic. And then my brother was dog sledding in Canmore. So I jumped over there and did that for a little bit. And I was like, dude, this sucks. You get paid like $12.50 for minimum wage. Yeah. Looked for a sales job and then boom, just like hit it on the commission. But that's like the... I guess the tangibles, you know, right. and I think like it really for that, you know, men's health and that sort of stuff that started from when I was like younger mm. and my dad left at 11 and it was just like, I went from having this like pristine, beautiful childhood where I was like traveling up the West coast of Australia. I was living in the Southwest. Like mum was a relief teacher. So we would like stay in a place for like six months, live with like the locals and like have adventures mm. and stuff. And then this like utopian, you know, super fun childhood, just like, Utopian exploded. Wow, yeah. that's a big word. And it was like sad times for the boys. Sad times <laughs> for the boys. What did your uh, What did your dad do originally? Um, for work, like for work. Yeah, or like for breaking up with my mom. It's like he cheated on my mom. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so that one's out of the that one's out of the picture. So what did he do for work? Uh, he was a heavy diesel mechanic. Oh shit. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he's more of like a. He's more of like a poet. He writes poetry. He writes stories. Yeah. Heavy a, diesel mechanic and a poet. Yeah, he's a bushman. Like, he's a classic fisherman, old school bushman, Australian. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Long he hair. No, yeah, he used to have long hair, but now like he's gone bald. I'm freaking out. I'm like, shit. Oh, shit. Dude, once it starts going, just shave it, bro. Oh, that's dude, what I was yeah. thinking about. I know, I, know, I, know, I know this guy that's like, he's got long, long hair, and then he's like balding at the front, but he's oh. trying to save it, you know? Trying to it save just it. doesn't look good. You people gotta, say you that. Get it. People get say that. I don't know how. Like, like either get surgery or get that thing or get some Rogaine. I don't know how you're supposed to go about <laughs> it. I'm not. I'm just trying to think about these things. Just like honestly, I might have eight more years, and that's it for me. I'm just gonna. See Is it. your dad bald as hell? No, dad's good. Everyone's good. We always just had this big widow's peak ever since forever. I got a big ass forehead. I hate it. Solid. Super big. I can make all That's type, knowledge right there, but. I can make all types of facial expressions, but with my forehead, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, my eyebrows are very powerful. Yeah, that's how I woo women, for sure. Anyways. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Um, yeah, so that's, that's super dope, just on making the jump over. But you said you made the jump over at 24. You had this utopian childhood. Like, you're this, like... What's that... What's that beer? The most interesting man in the world. Who's that guy? You're like one of those characters. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, I know he's cool and shit, but like, who is that guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, who is that guy? What does he do? How does he know this? And he just says, just drops gems left, right, and center and just goes about his day. You know, you're one of those like illustrious folks, you know? I'll be that guy. You know, no one can like really like, where the fuck? I don't know. You know? I don't know. Like, you're one of those guys that would just make plans to move and then move from the spot that he just moved to the next day, you know, type type of guy. Yeah, that's pretty much what just happened. I was like, I'm moving. Um, anyways, but there's a huge gap in there. There's a huge gap in there. So you had this great childhood with your dad. I'm assuming that you had a good relationship um, before that, and then things changed. Well, how did that like? How did that morph you into what you are today? 
I think like I was so, man, that hurt. <clears throat> that hurts so bad, you know, as a kid. And I think like through, I just was always looking, you know, I was always searching. And I think like as a, as a kid, uh, I got these opportunities to like go and explore and be really independent and things like that. Mm. So, you know, I was running through the bush and like my brother and I, we had like this amazing relationship with, when we were younger. And then after that happened, we just like clashed, you know, like nasty. And, um, a younger brother, older brother? Younger, year and a half younger. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I'm like blonde hair, like light blue eyes. He's like dark hair, like dark eyes, oh, tattoos all over no. him, like punk rock, scared yeah. kid. Uh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I was just always like searching, seeking, you know, trying to figure it out. And um, that's like literally Elliot Hulse was the, was the catalyst, you know? Really? And he's just like, breathe into your balls. And I'm like 14 and I was like, it's like breathe deep in your balls and, like, yes. and trying to feel that you know what it is yes, like, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. and I'm like and so I started off down that path and I like happened to look at his book list one time and I was like oh what's this like The Way of the Superior Man I was like who the fuck's David Dale The Way like, of the Superior Man yeah yeah oh, have you read that it. book man I just calls notes I just I went uh, I saw a YouTube recap that's all I saw I'm not gonna complain I'm not gonna claim to, to have man, read it I've read that book more than anything else gifted it more than any book yeah. like hands down just I was reading that and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, makes so much sense. Like women don't think the same as men. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like that's why it didn't work for so long. And you're yeah, just like, shit. And yeah. Like really learning about your mission and your purpose and this sort of thing. And I really just started to dive down that because I felt there was just an empty void, which I feel like a lot of young men have, you know, mm-hmm. like we live in this like really fatherless generation. And like most of us are from like the divorce rate is at like 62% or something. So the majority don't have like parents that are together, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. most fathers are absent or they've disappeared. And I was just looking for someone to tell me how the fuck to do it. You know, I was just really trying to figure it out. And I, yeah, Elliot mentioned like men's groups and initiation and, started to look into that a lot and then that was really the turning point for me was when I went and you know started to seek that out and Mm -hmm. really started to realize like wow I need to learn how to be a man Mm -hmm. you know like I'm a boy Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be like you know so many guys running around at 40 where they're just boys living in men's bodies totally and it was just it just I just became laser focused on it and obsessed and then I really like it just became a different person you know Mm -hmm. it's really hard it's really hard when you don't like like I'm a bastard child. Like my parents weren't married. I had like I had a violent. They had violent breakups and stuff like that. It was not a good situation. My father was like gone or in jail for a ton of like great guy. Don't get me wrong, but didn't work out for various reasons. Um, heart of gold, regardless of all that. But um, even when you don't, when you don't have that, it's like you you look at the world and you're like, holy fuck, what is right and what is wrong? Like I don't know how to digest. I don't. I can't contrast anything. Like you can't even see things straight. You're like, you have nothing to compare situations or people or personalities against. You're like, okay, how do I, I have no point of reference. You're like, where the fuck do I go from here? So like, just like trying to fucking tread your way through that. And that can go one of two ways. You can either go way up from that or way down from that. You know, like you can either look at like yourself and look at it as an opportunity, be like, okay, I'm now missing this in my life. How the fuck am I gonna find it? Or it can be like, okay, no, I'm just lost. I'm just gonna go be lost, you know? So, I mean, still, even to this day, you know, I second guess myself all the time. I'm like, is this right? Like, finding truth, finding value, finding morals, you know, like, 
having a certain, I want to always have like a lucid and a malleable personality type and a, just I want to be not someone who's you know stagnant and, and very in a monolithic thought I want to be very fluid but with that it's like well yeah you need to have your core values but if you grow up you know without parents or without a parent you know your core values are not core you know you're like you're not attached to those those haven't been ingrained in you like they've been ingrained in other people through parenthood so you're constantly looking for that you're like how the fuck do I is this right is this wrong and you can't if you're an open-minded person, you can always justify every situation. I was like, oh, am I playing tricks on myself? I don't know, because again, I have no fucking reference point, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's what, hard. What was, the, was there a turning point for you that you know, stopped you from going down the wrong path, or was there a particular person that stopped you from going down the wrong path? I'm still looking for male role models, to this day. Mm. I don't even, I mean, it's hard. I mean, sport is one thing, sport's one thing for sure. But um, you know what, it's like, do you think because it helped you stay focused on a particular uh, objective or goal or something and you didn't get distracted by drugs and, you know, fuck around? Dude, it stuff? consumes energy. Mm. It just consumes energy. If I do something, I'm super into it. I'm just I'm going 150 miles an hour and I don't want to do anything else. And so if you just get consumed by something that physically drains you, you don't have the time or the energy to do anything else. And that's kind of, that's, that's very powerful. But like, you know what? that's still so that can that can keep you away from bad stuff but that still doesn't give you that grounding or that rooting in like sport teaches you a lot don't get me wrong but still in that role model that mentor mentee relationship that father-son relationship or whatever that is or even like older brother younger brother relationship so powerful mm -hmm. right you're still missing that it still doesn't exist and so everything is at a disconnect like everything is at a disconnect and it's hard to put the pieces together that's why like recently Fuck, man, that's why I listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's why I listen to Aubrey Marcus at the Honor Academy down, down uh, in Austin, Texas. Like, guys like that are just like, oh, shit. They seem like they've gone through the trials and the tribulations and have come out of it alive. So just finding those people that have those morals that can guide you. But, and I, I haven't been, I don't know, maybe you have, but I haven't been able to because I've always been um, younger than my peer group for the most part. I've never been able to find that direct brotherhood or that direct, you know, one-to-one uh, -one relationship with someone here and I'm always looking up right versus like you know maybe a thing like a men's group could do wonders in those situations right um, I've always felt like there's a barrier to entry I don't know I guess there's not mm. but there is but there's not but there is the barriers in your mind but man. you not. gotta get out <laughs> <laughs> it's like dating <laughs> exactly exactly it's exactly like dating so um, it's like looking at the 10 and you're like, whoa, fuck. And then you go talk to the tent, you're like, oh shit, she's a human being. You're like, fuck. <laughs> she's a human Surprise. being. Surprise. She's a human being with a body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, so you found Elliot, and then what happens after that? So you find <laughs> Elliot, and then you still, like, finding one person doesn't just do it for you, in oh, my no. mind. No, fuck that. You know what I mean? So, like, there had to be some coming of age, there had to be some metamorphosis there. Like, what happened from then till now? So I, I got really, like, I was, you know, pretty shit at school um it's all good, <laughs> and like bro. you know i was like fuck if i don't go to uni like my life is over i'm a failure yeah and i want to come back to like what you said i think the key word that i picked up what you were saying was grounded you know it's such a powerful thing to feel grounded in your body and then move from that that place but so i, I ended up um so there was this uh cray fishing or cray diving that was in queensland um which is crayfish sort of like a lobster i got you that claws yeah. and um <laughs> And then, so these guys used to like from our hometown, the guy runs the companies in like the other side of Australia. 
And so it's like far away as fuck. And I'm like 17. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go do a gap year on this cray boat. And I was like, sick. You know, some of the guys that like, I thought were really cool in town did it and like they're older. And I was like, sick. And I didn't really know what the hell was, what it was gonna be. I had no idea. But it ended up being a, a coming of age experience that I was just lucky enough to get into. You right. Because it was like, a, you know, a bunch of guy, older guys on a boat working hard. I learned how to use my body and I learned how to do hard things and build resistance and yeah. resilience in myself, which I'd lost from that age of 11 to 17, you know? Everything was just like, I'd gone from being a, a bush kid and learning how to fend in, in the land and like, you know, learning and then going back to Dunsborough, like in the Southwest and had a pretty free life and a lot of nature and things like that. And then in high school, it was just like confusing and hormones. And high shit, school's you know? tough. Yeah, hormones are still getting yeah, yeah, you, yeah. But I, um, yeah, I just remember like being on this plane on the way to Queensland and I was like, wow, I'm, just, I'm such a fucking failure. Like, I'm not going to uni. What am I doing? Like, I'm going to go work on this boat. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it anyway. And then I get to Queensland and stay with the, the owner's dad, who's like this 80-year-old dude, 86. You know, he's old school fisherman, like got Parkinson's, like cool dude. And he like puts me in a, a truck that drives up the coast of Queensland with this like super racist dude listening to country music <laughs> and smoking cigars. <laughs> and there's little fat Josh, like 17. And I'm like, you were fat? Shit. Yeah, dude, I was a little what? chubby kid. Hey, no yeah, way. So funny. What the hell? And um, yeah, I just remember being like, what the hell am I doing? Like going up to North Queensland, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. And he's like, you know, the guy's like spitting, like talking about running over Aboriginals and stuff. And I was like, this is hectic. Wow. Like, yeah, like full racist dude. And I'm, um, and I get up there and I'm like, okay, so what happens? And he's like, yeah, we're gonna get up at four o'clock in the morning and then you're gonna help the guys unload the boat. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? He's like, you unload the boat. And he just walks away and I was like, okay, shit, all right. Get up at four o'clock in the morning, gonna get up. And I'm like, get up at four o'clock. So you have to come in, they come down from out of the sea and they come down the river. Uh, this is in Cooktown in uh, Northern Queensland. If you can Google, it's like the middle of buff fuck nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like the tip of Northeast Australia. Yeah. And these guys are, uh, you know, coming down. I'm like, okay, like, how do I introduce myself? Am I Josh? Am I like Josh? Am I Joshua? Am I, I Ditma? Like, like, I was like, fuck, what do I, what do I say? I was like, okay. And then these, all these guys get off the boat. Everyone ignores me because they're just working. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. Just pick up a crate and start moving. And it's like hot and sweaty. It's Queensland. It's like everyone's sweating in like 4 a.m. in the morning. It's like hot, yeah. like tropical Disgusting. temperatures. Yeah. And we unload the thing and I like sort of introduce myself to a few people. Everyone's just ignoring me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, shit. Like, see you later, truck driver dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my only friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone goes into Cooktown and there's like a, there's a top pub and then there's the like middle pub and basically like a lower pub. Everyone goes to the top pub and there's literally no one on the boat except for me. And I was like, should I go grab some Coke, Coca-Cola, or like, yeah. like, do whatever the fuck you want, man. See you later. And I'll get in a taxi and leave. And I'm like, what do I do? Oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I was like, I'd been studying aviation in high school. So I had my little aviation book and I was like, I'm gonna like study while I'm like, you know, waiting yeah, for a while. Like, like, just, yeah, while I'm out at sea, right? Just yeah. in case I go yeah, back to university. <laughs> like, and then um, like everyone's gone for a few hours and I'm just wandering around. No idea where my bed is. Didn't have any bedding or anything like that. And I'm like, okay. So you were there, like you were there, like you, was, have, like, you have nowhere to go. No, yeah, there's no escape. And so like they go and then like a couple of hours, everyone comes back and literally everyone on the boat is drunk except for me. Like the skipper, everybody's drunk. There's me and then there's a fleet manager who's on the shore and he's just like, holy shit, everyone's drunk. And we go 
and we go to go to shoot out to sea and I'm like okay like I don't know where my bed is but we'll figure this out I'm like all right like I was like surely they've got some bedding and some towels because they told me not to bring it right they're like we've got everything on board and the so you've got the main boat if you can imagine it's like 22 24 meters sleeps like 14 people and then there's like smaller boats that we dive off right so you you want to have this main boat go out to sea before you tie the smaller boats on behind because the tide's really strong and they can crash into each other and wrap around the lead lights right the channel markers and stuff right everyone's pissed as newts so as we pull off (laughs) the big boat there's like a metal grate that sits on the back of the boat tide catches the main boat and rips half this freaking metal grate off i'm like there with my bags and i'm like shit this is not looking good half the crew is like holy shit and the other half like yeah (laughs) and the fleet manager's on this deck sure like holy shit what's happening and i'm like oh okay hectic and then like we move we go out a little bit and then everyone brings the boats in and they tie them off and then they like but it's too early yeah and so they tie them off and then all these boats start to crash into each other one of them wraps around the lead lights and if you know anything about northern queensland like which i don't so if the if like (laughs) Basically, south is like sharks, north is like crocodiles. So, perfect best of both worlds. Yeah, it's sort of meet in the middle, right? Yeah. And then brown water, it means you don't swim in it because that's crocodiles. Right. It's just, you don't swim in it. Yeah, you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. Crocodiles are smart, man. Like, that's. This thing's a shady. That's a one bite right there. Yeah. yeah. And then um, death rolls and shit. Fuck you up. And then so like half the crew is like jumping in this crocodile water. And like I'm just sitting there like holy heck. Literally only sober person on the boat. And like everyone's start, half the crew is like yeah. Half the crew is jumping in the water. And then like someone chops a rope. So like the, the boats are like going off down, to, down the river and stuff. Sorted it out really quick. Because these guys like had, they had their shit together. You know, even though they were drunk, they were semen. And so they were like, they knew what they were doing. When you know, semen work better when they're drunk. Semen, exactly, exactly. semen works better when it's drunk. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, holy heck, this is like something serious. And I'm, so I'm 17, right? My bags are still second in the day. Back day. First day. It's first like, day. Yeah, still. Yeah, but I hadn't even, like, still we hadn't even left. Yeah, we'd like hadn't even left like the creek or the the river. And this guy walks up, and I'll never, I'll never forget. It. Someone had. This guy ended up being best friends with Harry. He had someone's cast on, you know, there's like casts that you can take on and off like for broken arms. Right. And he's just like, he's running around shooting people like it's a Buzz Lightyear thing. He's like, pew, 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 pew. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Someone's like, some other guy was like bleeding. And then this guy walks up to me and he's got like a, it's like a, it's like a Powerade bottle with a hose stuck in it and a comb piece. And it's clearly a bomb. And yeah. he just walks up to me. He's like, hey dude, you want to hit? <laughs> I hadn't smoked, I hadn't smoked when I was in high school and shit. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course, of course. I hadn't smoked for like six months, but I was like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, trying to be cool and shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, don't worry. And I just, and I just hit this like massive bong, 17, like green as anything. And just was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was bad times, man. Like, so I was like out there on this boat. Everyone's like back on the boat. And I'm super stoned. And like started to get a little bit like yeah. I just didn't have awareness around my surroundings, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I gotta find someone to figure out where my bed is, you know? Like one one track mind. So I go up to the who I thought was in charge and I'm gonna go up to this dude and I'm like, Oi, oi, <laughs> where's my bed? Yeah. And this guy is just like looks at me like, Who the fuck are you? And I was he's like, I don't fucking know. And I was like, Oh shit. And then I start walking around. I'm like, shit, okay, that was a dumb idea. That's probably like the boss or leader or something. Is he going to bash me up or what? I'm like, fucking yeah, start yeah. stressing. And then the paranoia like starts to sink yeah, in. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, shit. And I finally find the skipper and I'm like, hey, man, so, uh, Berto, do you, uh, 
do you know where my bed is? Like, and he's like, yeah, man, uh, just ask one of the guys downstairs. And so I'm like, fuck, I just did that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. Like, go back downstairs. I'm like, shit, there's, a, there's that dude that told me to fuck off. I'm like, okay, don't ask him. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, so do you know where my bed is? And he's like, um, yeah, no, I didn't, like, we didn't know you were coming. I don't know if there's any room. And I'm just like, what? And my heart just, like, stops. I'm ripped as fuck. Just stone down my brains. <laughs> and I'm just like, shit. Okay, cool. And he's like, actually, hang on. Hang on, we'll check this out. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and he's like, there's a, there's a board. Like, so as you go down in the galley, there's like a sink and there's bedrooms scattered across. There's a sink and there's what used to be an old shower. And they put a board in it for like storage. Right. And so it was like, a, it was become a storage compartment. And like, there was like these divots where like the shower curtain used to be, like it's the, it made it, so yeah. it has to be less curtain, the water escapes less into the side. And there's this board halfway. And he's like, hang on, hang on a sec. And he opens the curtain, there's a vacuum cleaner, there's a sack of potatoes, and there's a sack of onions. And then there's this like paper thin mattress. And he's like, yeah, th- this will be you for the, next, for the next couple of weeks until we get back and someone gets off. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, you'll be fine, it'll be sweet. And I'm like, well, they told me there was no, like, I didn't need to bring any bedding or like, you know, towels or anything like that. And he's like, oh, you definitely should have got that. <laughs> and he's like, this, yeah, you'll be fine, mate. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, okay. And everyone's like, everyone starts to get the munchies, they're ravaging in bags of chips and shit. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, there's some guys on the back deck. And I sort of wander around for a bit. And I'm like, just put my bag on top of the potatoes, like underneath my thing. And I like get into bed. And I, no, I had a pillow, I found a pillow, no pillowcase. And I didn't, I didn't bring a towel. So I didn't have anything to like protect me from the outside galley or the world or whatever. Oh so I had like God. a flannelette shirt like hanging over this little curtain and I'm like, I just remember lying in bed and I was like, <laughs> and I couldn't lie on my back. It's like a foot too short. And so yeah. I'm like on my side, like curled up. Yeah. And all I remember was just like that first night I was just thinking, and all you can hear is like the room, room, room of like the engine and the whole thing like vibrates through your whole body. And I was like, everyone's mad. I'm super stoned. <laughs> And I just want to go home. I'm like, and everyone's mad. And I just like, I just remember lying there, just thinking, I'm like, there's no escape. I'm just going further. I'm in and hell. Further I'm and in further hell. This see, is dude, hell. It was so fucked. And like, I was literally like, I was like, am I going to survive? I was like, mum, <laughs> mum, where are you? And um, I ended up staying for two years. Best thing I've ever done in my life. Two years. Yeah, yeah two years. And you stayed like, for two years. Not in that bed, like not in the compartment. Like, oh, I got upgraded, shit. but like, shit. Okay. <laughs> But, but um, oh my god okay cool yeah and, and that that was hard I wanted to cry like I wanted to go home uh, I wanted to escape and it just built metal in yeah, me. yeah, 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 and it just like I learnt from working beside other men how to do things and I learnt how to be resilient and you figure stuff out you know when the boat broke down I was like yeah don't worry I got it I know, I know how to fix the motors and then your boat breaks down and you're like 30 miles you know 20 miles away from the boat and I was like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing like do I unscrew this like what's the filter look like I'm like shit oh, like, no. you know and you just you just learn to figure it out and yeah. like hit someone up on the radio and be like yeah yeah dude so like I just I forgot like remind me again how to how to flood, like yeah. you know clear the carburetors like look at these guys like this shit <laughs> Was the pay good? Uh, it was shit. As a dory driver, which was like a little a driver, you got a wage, and then as a cray dri- uh, cray diver, you got some pretty good money. It was fun. So like at seventeen, eighteen, I made like fifty grand. Yeah. I think yeah, in the first year. Yeah. 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 Eighteen, you were like shit. Yeah. Holy shit. 
That's a hell of a story, my Maybe guy. That's a hell of a story. Why? So from the first night to the last night, like we know what you're thinking on the first night. What the hell were you thinking on your last night there? I was about to. I didn't realize at the time, but I was leaving the freest environment that I'd ever like ever been in. And so I was just like, yeah, whatever. Next step, I'll figure it out. But that was yeah, like that was the most treasured. Like it was hard, dude, and it was hard, and I like had some really bad times, and I like had to grow the fuck up. Like I was a little softy. Yeah, know? of course, of course, and like. I didn't get along with everybody and like, you know, nobody like, you know, we're living on a boat with 14 other dudes or like eight other dudes. Who like, are men or your age as well? Uh, it ranged to like 26, probably the oldest. Um, yeah. And then guys like 17, 18, 19, 20s, yeah. 20, early 20s. Just grinders, grunts. Yeah, yeah exactly. The best. Grunts. <laughs> Grunt work, baby. In the trenches. I love it. That's amazing. So you're mm. leaving that last night there. What was your plan from there? I, my cousin worked on a gas project driving boats so, so I was like random yeah yeah and he's like he'd like you know worked on these like sort of famous boats in uh, Australia and stuff so I was like got a job up there it was like 130 140 grand I was like yo I'm out of here it's like 18 that's rock and roll yeah, yeah. and um, I went and did that and it was month on month off uh, so you'd work a month and then you know you'd have a month holiday so I went and did some free diving courses went to Europe had a had a good old time but um yeah, it really like it was was boring. It was just so different. Like I was wearing a fucking hard hat and steel tip boots and like high vis vest and like overalls yeah. and shit on a boat. Didn't make and any sense. I was sense. like, was a fucking seagull gonna hit me in the head? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what's what I mean? gonna it was happen here? Completely yeah. different world. And yeah. it was just like a really cool example of like, like I think money is really, really, really important. You know, and I don't Obviously, think yeah. I don't think like fuck your dreams. I mean, like fuck the money, money. Go yeah. follow your dreams. Right. Like there has to be a middle point. Yeah. But it was just a stark realization. Like, well, money is like not fulfilling. You know, just that particular thing. And like, there are other ways to make money. And uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting. Money will take you so far, right? Like, money will take you so far. Money will take you to the next realization. Right, mm. like in your case, where it's like, okay, oh, so oh, they're making X amount a year. How much did you just say? Mm. How many zeros on that? Okay, let me go over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, let me go over there for a little while, and then you're like, oh, wait, no, I have it, and I just have more zeros on my bank account. Like, okay, okay, what, what and, now? And I was out of integrity. Like it was right. like literally like destroying the reef. Oh, and it's like fuck. I love the ocean, man. I love the environment. Oh and my I was gosh. Just like, it was just like it was didn't look like it at the start, but all the silt from dredging suffocated the reef because like when the tide would take it it was in oh, a pilbara man. in western australia so the dirt's red yeah. and it just covered the reef and just like would suffocate the reef from sunlight which is what it feeds so it on dies. and just savage you know, and i still stayed for like another year after i knew that and it was just like oh tough just like it was really and again like glad i had the experience at that age because i just now i just don't step over that integrity line you know yeah. i'm like oh, i felt it killing me yeah, you know what I mean? and it will kill you. Well, it so will kill you. Dead inside. Might not kill you for. Might not kill you the first day. The first day you might be like, mm, okay, this is a little wrong, but I'm still gonna do it because I'm still getting paid. Yeah. And then you yeah, just try for a week. Are you try for a week? Okay, try for a month. Mm. You can't do it. Your soul's gonna die. But yeah. You know, and that that light inside you is gonna die because you know something's like internally wrong. But you know what? That brings you to a really good point where it's like, yeah, so money gets you to a certain point, and it's, but it's that point after that. 
it's like certain motivations get you certain spots. So like you're interesting to me because it's like this whole concept of like self-improvement and masculinity and growth has got you to a certain point and communication and leadership has gotten to you to a certain point. Now what's interesting for me is what's the next iteration of that? So where does the, where does the pivot point come from that? So for instance, like you're at a point where you chase this money for a little while and then you pivoted, right? Or people that are in school for five, four years or the whole life and then they pivot. It's that moment of pivoting that is so instrumental. And I think that you've spoken before about you can act out of fear and you can just let fear kind of like dictate how you move and you're like, oh shit, I'm not gonna be accepted here. I'm not good enough here. This isn't gonna work for me for these reasons versus like taking ownership and taking control of the whole situation, right? So in that situation, you're in that spot where you're making X amount a year, but you're still only 19, right? Like that's a baby, right? So that moment between, okay, I'm making money, but I hate this. And you know, the next step past that where there's this gaping unknown of like, what the fuck am I going to do? So once you quit that or these moments in your life that you kind of took these like jumps, what guided you through that moment or that period or those months or those nights or whatever it is of like, holy shit, what the fuck am I going to do here? What was the, the wind in your sails there? I think just that constant like hunger and searching and like really wanting to understand who I am right. and my identity. And, you know, I just, I started to seek out like men's initiation. And I was like, what is this? You know, like, where can I, where can I find this? You know, I was Googling it. I was looking for it and stuff. And then I literally, I was back one month and my brother, Ben, and our best friend, Munro, at the time, um, I was like, guys, let's start a men's group. And I was like, sick, we're gonna get together, we're gonna talk about our goals, and then we'll, you know, we'll figure something out. We're just gonna talk about what's happening. And you just sort of talk, you know, off the cuff and just be honest and like, whatever, you know, no, no bullshit, okay? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, because they're like, cool, okay, like sort of, you know, find me a bit and then I get there and Munro had like come in from out of town, you know, and like the small town we grew up in was like 4,000 people. Oh, wow. And so that guy that I went to America with, Talon, his younger sister Oakley is Ben's age, and she was like the girl next door growing up, like a babe. Like, <laughs> and then, and Munro snagged Oakley. And yeah. we were like, who the fuck is this guy? I just like came in out of nowhere and snagged her. And so instead of talking about all this stuff that we had planned, we just started talk, ended up talking about how the fuck Munro snagged Oakley, and he was from out of town. And so like the first iteration of the men's group was a, it was a disaster, but got some good insight on the, on the side. <laughs> and then, you know, I kept searching and trying to figure it out. And, I just uh, yeah found this group called the Mankind Project, and it was at Men's Initiation Weekends, like Warrior Weekend. And I was like, Warrior, sick! I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I called up, and I'm like, Hey, dude, yeah, I'm so, you know, wondering like I've heard about Men's Initiation and this sort of stuff, and I really want to do it. And I was like, When's the next one? He's like, Oh, it's in Sydney. And he's like, Yeah, it's uh, in a couple of, in a month and a half. And I was like, Okay, um, can me and my brother come? And he's like, Oh, how, how old are you? And I was like, Twenty. I'm like, I was like, I'm twenty. And he's like, how was your brother? 19. And he's like, oh, shit. Because it like, wasn't common for guys that age to do it. It's usually like guys in their 30s and stuff. Right. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, how do we, how do we pay for it? Let's do it. And so pretty much just like winging it. And then Ben and I, Munro didn't end up coming with us, which his, his life actually sort of went down a different path, okay. unfortunately. Um, and yeah, Ben and I ended up just getting on a plane. And we were just pretty much flying by the seat of our pants, just being like, what the, what fuck, the fuck are we fuck? doing? Yeah. We're you know, back on a plane over east again, thinking, what am I doing? And went to Sydney, thought we were going to get picked up by one of the staff members. Um, turns out we were like, oh, what was his name? 
Zyra or something, and um, yeah, he picks us up, and we're like, "Hey, man!" So we're in the you know in the car, like with all our bags from the airport, made him downtown, and we're like, "So, so what's this about? What's what's going on?" He's like, "I've got no idea. No, I'm just participating. I'm not I'm not one of the staff men." And we were like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like it was just all organized. Yeah. Like they they just linked us together and said, "Figure it out," and we drove south to uh, about two and a half hours into the bush in yeah. south of Sydney, and. It just was a weekend of intense exploration of emotions, challenges, and what I was really after, which was who I am as a man, and that transition from boyhood to manhood, and it was the the catalyst to me switching paths and going and doing, making an impact and thinking about legacy, you know, my, figuring out what my shadow was and what my gold is and really working through the gritty stuff that we don't get approached by in, you know, regular society. And so it really was just one of the hardest and rewarding things I've ever done. And, you know, and you're pleasantly, I was going to say exhausted, but fucked. Yeah. You know, you just nice, like, you nice. just push yourself to your limits and you're like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah, was what yeah. it was, you know? And, and like, uh, you know, I don't want to divulge too much into it because there's a, there's a, there's magic in not knowing when you go on the weekend and it's, it's unreal. Okay, so that was my next question. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, okay. all right. Yeah, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know? It's a, it's, it's a weekend of pushing yourself to your edge. And I think as men, we need to we need to dance with our edge and that feeling like totally that I'm alive, yeah. you know? and that that comes physically and also spiritually. Yeah, that's a really fun place. Mm. Like live, uh, Jordan Peterson says, uh, live life on the edge of balance and or um, stability and chaos. Mm. Live life on the edge of stability and chaos, where it's just like shit could go wrong at any moment, but that's the fun of it, right? Like that is, the, and I just want to constantly live there, mm. you know, where you just get stagnant and comfortable. Like, trust me, like six hours of comfortability is, it gets old really quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want that shit. So you said, so you're fitting into this like archetype kind of in a way, or you, you, you've chosen this path or this way of thinking. What would you say to someone that says, okay, Josh, like I get Josh, Jesus. I get this whole, like, you know, push yourself to the edge and, and, and go and, and exhaust yourself and exert yourself and, and just drain yourself of energy emotionally and physically. But at the end of the day, why can't you be happy being comfortable? We're all striving for happiness and calmness and balance and tranquility in our life. Why can't you just find tranquility without being this fucking maniac that goes on, you know, random boat trips and goes across the states on on tours and shit like that? Why can't you just find tranquility and the wholesomeness of a home or, you know, a studio or whatever it may be, just being that quote unquote homebody, right? What would you say to someone's like, well, you know, there's happiness in that, don't you think? I think there's happiness in that, but only when you get to experience the uh, opposite side of that. Like mm. I was camping with some friends the other night. Um, up in Squamish, and it was like, we had fun time, took some mushrooms, wandered around, went Sick. through the bush, it was fucking good times. And you know, we just sat around shooting the shit out around the fire, taking the piss out of each other, and you know, having, having a good laugh. And I was, you know, the, my sleeping mat was in the car, and I was like, oh, like, 
Okay, I'm gonna have to walk through the bushes and get the sleeping mat, or I can, you know, just sleep on the sand in, yeah. in my sleeping bag. And so, I was like, so. I was like, oh, I'll go get the sleeping mat; it'd be way more comfy. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna sleep on the sand. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but I'm gonna fucking appreciate my bed tomorrow. Wow. And I was like, no, I just get the mat, and I'm lying in there. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this is really uncomfortable. I was like, it's really cold. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're gonna really appreciate that bed tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, that bed's gonna be so good. So you're putting yourself through pain. And I just slept on it, man. And it was like, it was so rewarding. And it was just like, I woke up and I was like, fuck, that was uncomfortable. But man, when I go back to my bed, I was like, yeah, boy. I like yeah. snuggle up next to my girlfriend, like grab a titty and I'm just like, in there. And she's like soft and warm. And you're like, so grateful I slept on that sand last night. You know, it's like, it makes us appreciate the other side. For sure, man. I said that to our, our fourth episode. We had this guy, Lucky, on, and he's an ultra marathoner, Ironman. And I, I was like, I was like, ah, like you're always looking for human optimization and all sorts of stuff. You're always trying to like find the best way to do things, the most efficient way to do things, and stuff like that. Like, isn't there beauty in just like saying fuck it and just killing yourself on something? Like, just kill yourself on that hill. Just run that hill a hundred times, just because it sucks. You just do it that way. Like, why, why don't you do it that way? And he's like, Joss, like. There's enough pain in life, man. Why are you trying to make your life shitty? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, why are you sleeping on fucking sand when you had a mat right there? You know, like, does it make sense? Does it not make sense? I don't even know the answer. And I'm still like you where I'm just like, I want the path, the path of most resistance. And it just so happens that what I found in my experience is the path, the path of most resistance, you know, you reap what you sow. And resistance is just sowing. So if I, I'm just going to reap the hell out of that, right? Mm. And I don't care what it's like right now, but I just want the benefits down the road and I want the extreme contrast. So part of me is like trying to get that amazing esoteric success or whatever that is. And then part of me is like, no, no, no. Let's go as deep down as possible into the fucking depths so we can see, you know, live on the most extremes possible. And there's a subconscious fucking frame in my head constantly being like, you no, know, like, find a way to fuck it up, find a way to fuck it up, find a way to fuck it up, right? So you can dig your way out of it because digging your way out of it is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you masochist, you're like, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it. Anyway, so through all of this, through all these men's groups and these initiations and this quest for knowledge and, and, and identity, through all this now, you're 20, 25 now, I saw that little hole, fuck. So, like, did he just I was like, how old am I, shit? <laughs> um, so what's important to you now? What's important in your life now? Mm, freedom. freedom. Freedom is the most important thing. Yeah. Freedom in what regard? Uh, freedom from other people's agendas, oh. I think is huge. I think we can get trapped by working for somebody else and then just doing the nine to five grind or whatever it is. And then, you know, sometimes you get more freedom when you're a... Uh, we work on commission or whatever, but it's still for somebody else's agenda. And if you have more to give, they're going to take as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's cool, you know, when you're my age or our age and you got the energy for that. But when more important things come up, like starting a family and, you know, like giving back to the things that are important to you, taking time, I think that working time for money is, is a trap. Yeah. And it's like, Sure, I don't mind being around for months end and pushing back my holiday now, but like whatever it is, like five years down the track when something more important comes up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mind. Yeah. And I think that the realization that the, the system that we're in isn't, is, is designed for us to be consumers 
and not to be prosumers and to actually be giving our gift to the world. And so that's, that's, that's why freedom is huge to me because like, I think our circle of influence is so, so much more influential than we think. Oh, totally. And it's like, I don't want to have to send my kids to a regular fucking like kindy or preschool and be like, and not knowing what that, what that, you know, 22 year old girl's telling the kids. What is know? it with you Aussies, bro? Take, send it to kindy, like, <laughs> so I can say kindergarten, bro. Like, come on now. What else? What is some other slang? I'm just like cutting you off like crazy. <laughs> like, whatever it is, you always have some shit. To, Man, like, I was at this Australian bar the other night. Um, Bianca, my girlfriend, ran this like fundraiser event. It was at this Australian bar. And sick. like, it was like, man, like they had wedges, potato wedges with sour cream and sweet chili sauce. And it was so nostalgic. I just remember being in the pub with my dad and just being like, dad's drinking a beer and me and my brother are just trying to like, you get extra sour cream and chili sauce because you always go through the sauce like, yeah, compared course, to the yeah. chips, man. And it was just like, I was just sitting in this Australian pub and I was like, yeah, boy, this is Australian. <laughs> <laughs> That's freedom. So good. Yeah, that's freedom, man. That's freedom, man. Right the fucking chips I want. <laughs> <laughs> this is America, goddammit. <laughs> Do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so freedom and... Actually, hold up. You said a word that's really interesting. Our life, our culture, society teaches us to be consumers rather than prosumers. Hmm? What's a prosumer? So a prosumer is like, say, for example, if I have a, if I have a store, if I um, have an Italian shop and I... We sell pasta and we don't go down to fucking Luigi's store down the street and buy the pasta down there. You eat at home. And it's like, we need to, we look at it around in our lives and there's so many ways that we can, we can do that. And people like, it would be like you guys, you know, not rocking the self-hide brand and shopping somewhere else. Yeah. Fucking retarded. Yeah. But like, you know, we, we don't think like that. And we, we don't, we look elsewhere for these sort of things and it doesn't have to be material. It can be within our relationships and our friend groups and shit. And it's yeah. like using your power circle. You just want like 50 people over. Just that right there. Like, yeah, that's my fucking guy right there. That's my shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Why would you go down the shop? Just shop at home. Why would you? You go down the street for food, eat at home, mm. you know, home is where the heart is for sure. And then you cultivate culture, right? Um, that's amazing. Freedom is really cool. Becoming a prosumer is really cool. So with becoming a prosumer is like, is at the end of the day, your money spent is going back, back. into your ecosystem, yeah. mm. back into your ecosystem, mm. back into your ecosystem. And that's why uh, community and things like microfinance and those that are so freaking important because you're literally just injecting uh, money into the ecosystem that's staying in the ecosystem. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, I always think of it in terms of like, I don't know why I think of it this way because I'm not a fisherman at all, but I always think of salmon where it's like, we've just raped our ecosystem of salmon in certain situations in certain areas, but it's like going in there and, and, and releasing, you know, fish into the wild and they're going to continue, continue that cycle. You release fish more, 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 right. Until it actually gets into an abundant uh, situation and a prosperous situation and which ultimately will lead to freedom because you're not dependent on external sources. And that, if you have that, if you become a, a prosumer on a high level, you in turn, you're not dependent on any other ecosystem outside of your own. And that's beautiful. And that's how you can really get things done. And that's why I admire businessmen that build, you know, empires in a way, because mm. it's like, yeah, you're creating jobs. That's amazing. But anything you want done, you want to get done. Oh, you need this done, you need that done. You want to build this, or you want to create this, or you want to build this type of person. Like, 
Dude, you can do all of that within your own house, and that's beautiful. That's exactly what, yeah. That's right? exactly what my train of thought was going. And I think, like, the, I think, you know, the family unit is so undervalued these days. Oh, it's shit. just horrific, man. And, like, it's, like, it, it's, it's fucking kids up, you know? And yeah. it's, like, we're, like, it, it's crazy. And I think that coming back to that and like valuing men and women and having, you know, it's like the, the men are like, yo, fuck this shit. Like me too. This is hectic. I'm not even want a wife. Like, you know, big mm-hmm. towel, like men um, going their own way. Yeah. yeah fuck chicks. It's like, you know, there's that extreme view. And then there's like on the women's side, they're like, I don't need no man. And like government's got them. I'm a strong independent woman. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like the government's got, got them supported and it's like, there's no value in the, in each other. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. we both bring such different things to the table. Totally. And then it's like, and then you raise a child, you know? It's not like, you don't want the fucking government raising your kid. Like who wants the, the government to raise their kid? If you said, here, who, who am I gonna, you know, am I gonna choose my auntie or like, you know, my grandma or yeah. do I give it to the government? And it's like, yeah. it's like, that's what happens when we, when we split and we don't value things like what you said, prosuming in the home and really being able to instill values into our kids. And you know, that's where you should make change. Yeah. And, you know, it's not in, yeah, it's not in like, you know, donating $2 when you check out to save a tree. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not there, uh, but it, it could be there. I don't mean to shit on that, but you know what? It's like we preach diversity, 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 right? Diversity is amazing. But then you start to get to the spot where like, I am this and this is my identity and this is what I am. And I, I, this is the entirety of my being. I am uh, white, I am black, I am Asian, I am uh, bi, whatever it may be, right? Or I'm a strong woman, I'm a strong man, I'm a strong whatever the fuck you are, right? And then all of a sudden you get a bunch of eyes. You just get a bunch of eyes. They just work, you know, they don't work collectively, they just work individually as, as, as eyes in different groups. So there's no mutual respect where it's like, oh, well, well fuck man, because toxic ma- masculinity, like what a terrible word toxic masculinity like oh yeah well there's toxic feminine femininity as well like toxic feminists like whoa that's crazy like oh man i bet i'm gonna get some hate for saying that right there right but it's just like there's everyone's living on these extremes and there's no collaboration or appreciation for togetherness right so diversity can be great but diversity can be toxic at the same time whoa like for instance a, a macro scale of that is you know, look at Canada, look at America. These are like, these are experiments of like blending different cultures that have worked out for, well, in some cases, super, super well. Um, but in other cases, not so well because different cultures are so isolated and when you put them together, they don't mesh well, right? So this is like speaks into a larger narrative of we grab onto these identities and what I'm trying to get to here is we grab onto these identities of this is who I am, this is, this is me, I am this group, I am this group, I'm a vegan, I'm a keto guy, I'm a workout guy, or whatever it may be, right? Um, and your identity latches onto that, rather your identity just latching onto your soul, mm. right? Rather than just transcending your ego and just like, you know, like, because if you don't, or if you, if you're, if you haven't fully accepted your own self or you're fully projecting yourself onto a group and you're in this weird in-between part, that's a really scary part to be in, right? Like, who am I? Like, oh my God, I'm sure you've been there. Who am I? Like, where do I go from here? I don't even know because I can't attach myself to anything. So conceptually, I don't have the confidence to stand alone. 
Mm. So where the fuck do I go from there? Mm. I don't know. Um, I'm in that spot right now, man. I'm in that spot right now. I'm in a spot where I'm so many different parts, so many different avenues, so many different people that exist within this person sitting across the table from you. Like, I don't belong in any one group at all, you know? And so having the independence to just stand up as a totem pole of your own stories is like something I'm trying to do, right? Um, without having those core values. I just think we get lost. That's all I'm trying to say. I just think we get lost in identity. Like we get lost in archetypes. We get lost in personalities, you know, rather than just getting back to what matters. But then it raises the question, like what matters? Like at the end of the day, what matters? Does having a good friend group matter? Does having an identity matter? Does having a family matter? Does having good morals matter? Does having purpose and fulfillment matter? How many buckets can you fill in your life? I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud, bro. <laughs> I just don't have a rant. <laughs> I'm having some cool. trouble, clearly. Um, I, I think, um, like, as, you know, as a society, it's like without that, with the lack of identity and everything, we have a bunch of people that, like, don't feel supported. And so you have a, a whole lot of nihilistic behavior. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, apathy on the scale of emotions is the lowest mm. and it has the least amount of energy. Like anger is higher than apathy. Mm. And it's like, I don't care about you is the society that we're coming to. And it's like, you see it. And it's like, why, why would I, logically it's like, well, why would I care? Like, why would I care? Why not just fend for myself? You know? Right. And I think that's what that breeds, you know, that the, the lack of identity and the, the confusion that we have in society and in this mixing and blending. And I think, you know, to bring it back to you, you, you personally, I think that as, you know, with the work in your career that you have right now, it's like you have a mentor, mm -hmm. right? And someone to learn off. And I think as, as men, you know, I'm a man, I can only speak to men, like we have we're such a blank slate. It's like we need someone to show us the way. And I think that these are the things that fulfill us is when we know who we're going to become. We know who we are. We have, uh, we have a path to follow and we have, I would say, a purpose to fulfill. You mm -hmm. know? And I think that that is when I was most confused and most unhappy was when I didn't have an idea of like, or any guidance because I just, I was in this searching phase, you know, and I had this lack and it's like, we all follow this, we follow this universal story, which is the hero's journey. Mm. I'm not sure if you know, like Joseph Campbell and the hero's mm. journey. It's just like this, it's the snake's tail that eats itself, you know? And it's like, we just- I haven't heard that before. We start off as, you know, young, confused and whatever, and then we go off and then, there's like resistance and then there's, we find a mentor and then there's resistance to the mentor and then we go out and find the gold and whatever and then we bring it back to the community. Mm. And I think there's a, there's a huge lack of that. And I think that you know, you know, male guidance for men is like, is huge. And you need to know who the fuck you're looking at. You know, mm. most people are just like listening to their friends who are the same age Poor as them. Who are dumbasses what the fuck is doing, yeah. you know what I mean? And you're just like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, you shouldn't do that, man. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that, that's the shady. I heard they're like a little bit like a cult or, yeah. or whatever, you know? It's just like, come on, man. And it's like, does this person, you know, this like building discernment is like, does this person have what I want? Have they been where I am? And do they have what I want? Mm. You know what I mean? And it's huge. It's like, it's, it's, it can be that simple, but it's fucking complicated to figure out because you've got to learn to assess people and like understand like if someone's full of shit or not. Yeah. You know, because there's a whole lot of people that are full of shit. Most people. 
Yeah. Most people are full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Most people haven't worked through their own shit. Mm. I love the, the concept of the hero's journey. That was introduced to me in a different way. So as much as you, um, when you had that experience when you were 17, I had a similar experience when I went to Europe and played basketball for a year um, before I tore my ACL a year later. And uh, on, the, on the plane right over there, my father gave me a uh, book um, called Seven Arrows. And, and Seven Arrows is a, is a story, but it's a Native American book that um, in, in their culture, it, life is about completing the sun dance. Um, and the sun dance is, is, is really interesting because it's like north, uh, north, south, east, west, mm-hmm. right? Creates a circle, creates a compass, right? We all start out uh, somewhere on, that, on those 360 degrees. Now, so each one of those, like north, I forget what it is. I think north is wisdom, south is innocence, um, uh, west is strength, and I'm forgetting the fourth. But we all are somewhere on that spectrum of we're strong and wise, or we're innocent and intelligent. You know what I'm saying? We all start in this one spot. We have this initial kind of thought or uh, intuitive nature. And that's where their names come from. We're mm. like, so if you're um, yellow mouse, you're a strong but innocent person. You know, you know, like it's the animals reflect these that's differences. Cool. And that's, that's where the names come that's from. That's cool. You know, if you're an elk or these, you know, like those, those are more dominant things, right? Um, so it's amazing. You started on this on this one spot, and it's the hero's journey. But I just I had never heard of the hero's journey. And this is the first time I was introduced to it. Have you heard of this this Sundance at no, all? No, like you never heard of this before. No. Damn, cool, 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 cool. Um, so Seven Arrows teaches this is the story of this mouse who like starts off in this one spot and he's lied to essentially over and over again. But he's initially told he starts at home and his mother's like, I need you to go find uh, some bread in the south. And or or to set to find something in the south. Just find you know go to the south and find this thing that I need, right? Okay, cool, mom, I'll go. And he goes and he goes. He finds all these. He has to go over these you know these these canyons and through these forests and through these oceans. And to get over the ocean, he hops on a on a on a tortoise's back and he gets he finally gets to the south and he's like, oh shit, it's not here. Like my mom lied to me. Like my mom, like she just was just telling me what she wanted, mm. you know. And you realize that's not important. It's well, what do you want? And then. You know, you get there and there's a fox in the south, and the fo- and the fox is like, no, I know what you need. You know, go to the east, and he goes to the east, and again he has all these trials and tribulations, and it's not there, and he goes to the north, and it's not there, and then he goes all around, and he ends up coming back home, and he's like, mom, like I didn't find anything. But the whole point was the journey and finding wisdom, finding strength, finding intelligence, right, finding innocence. So we had to go around and complete the Sundance before coming home. And once you come home your responsibility is to give it back to the people and share those experiences and guide people on those on that journey Mm. so the tortoise was in on it the fox was in on it everyone was in on it and it seems you were mad at them at the time but they're actually trying to help you Mm. right and that you you just needed to understand their perspective so that's a version of the of the the um hero's journey in a way but it's also the funny part about that is that once you come back into the Sundance, have you ever heard of the Sundance ritual or anything like that? No? This is crazy. I'm going to sound like, oh, I'm getting so woo-woo right now. I fucking love it. Um, the Sundance ritual is once you come back, you have to, so you've learned all these things, but you've only experienced them on a conscious level. You haven't experienced them on a subconscious level. So Native Americans, there's a spot called the Four Corners, and like, I think it's in the corner of Utah, Colorado, 
California and Nevada. No, I made that up. Something like around that area. Let's roll with it. Did I make that up? Whatever. We should, yeah. <laughs> um, First time here. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We usually have a, a fact checker that calls me out on shit. Um, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> that's my girlfriend Tracy in the background <laughs> saying I'm wrong. Um, they go to this place called the Four Corners and to complete the Sundance. So in the Four Corners, it's incredibly fucking dry. There's no water. There's no nothing. So you hike out to this like cave, and you, you you're dehydrated. You're sweating. You're just in a terrible state after you've completed the Sundance. This is the way it's described in the book. I have actually verified any of this. <laughs> I just read it. Um, they go back there and they literally take the um, teeth of a fox and they pin you up against a, a tree. They literally, like through your skin, they crucify you. Your own chief, your own tribe crucifies you. And that's to release, literally, to put you through such immense pain that your body releases DMT in your own mind. So you have a DMT psychedelic experience to let your subconscious properly process the four corners. And if you survive that, if you survive the resiliency, you're um, a sun dancer, which is the highest um, ranking or the highest, you know, um, title in a tribe. Imagine. Just crazy, right? Amazing. That's so sick. Which ties a ton of things in because as a man, you go through these like spots of like, oh, strength is what I need. Oh, wait, no, innocence is what I need. Oh, no, oh, I need to be compassionate. Oh, no, I need to be hard. I need to be a leader. I need to be this. I need to be that. And then like you compartmentalize those things rather than bringing everything together. Mm. So <clears throat> that's cool. But um, so the mushroom thing that you were talking about, it's very cool. Um, have you ever gone all the way to the edge, past mushrooms or past any of that stuff and really gone to the edge with psychedelics at all? No, no. I guess, but I've taken mushrooms like four times. So I was hoping, I was hoping you're going to say, yeah, dude, in these <laughs> men's groups, bro. <laughs> it was with the guys from the men's group. Oh, so there you shit. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty trippy as well. But, um, so my question to you is when you see these people in these different spots of their journey, right? Because as you go through, you start to realize, oh, this person is at this spot. Oh, this person is at this spot. They're, this is where they're at thinking mentally. How do you change your method of communication to these different people? Because for me, I can, only, like, I, I can talk to people like Josh. I can't talk to people that are not A-types. It's Ooh. like, I can talk to Josh. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to some person that is quiet, conservative. I can't motivate them. No, me and you can sit down and have a fucking prep rally and just get going and get shit done, son. Like, we can go. I already know. We can go. You know, but I can't talk to someone who's just like, oh, you know, more intellectual, more like, not saying you're dumb or anything, bro, but like, you're fucking going, you know? You know, like someone who's very calm, cool, and collected, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to, to have that conversation. So as you mentor these people in these different men's group or even just listen to them, like, how are you trying to communicate to them if you kind of understand where they're at? And there's like a next step on the journey and you're trying to push them along a little way, but you need to change how you're talking to them. You know what I'm saying? At all? I don't know. Yeah. Well, where do you think you are on the, on the compass? On the compass? Yeah. Where do you think you are? This is why I hate having people that have podcasts on. It's because they always flip questions back on you. Surprise, and motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> They're always like, I don't know, I got them on this one. Um, where am I on the compass? Okay, so I'm gonna ask you where you are on your compass, but I'll give you my answer first. I think I've probably 
completed. I think you, I'm just past the point of, you know, extreme ignorance. There's a hump, right? There's a jump. You got to get over that. Like, oh, I know shit now. Oh, I've went and I've researched and like, oh, I know all these different things. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I feel like I'm just over the spot of like just realizing the enormity of the universe. Mm. I mean, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm still really dumb, you know? That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, what you said before about the running running thing. I was thinking, nah, I'm pretty dumb sometimes because I'll just run at it and then you hit a fucking wall and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, where'd that wall come from? <laughs> right? Where are you on that compass? Uh, I think, like, I'll use different uh, imagery or, or archetypes. You know, like, I think um, there's a... There's a hero and then there's a warrior. Right. And the hero runs around and he's like, he's good at slaying dragons. You know, he runs out and kills shit and loves using his sword and whatnot. And the problem is once he slays the dragon and there's a princess or some gold behind him, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with the princess. And he's like, shit. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and self-sabotage this. I'm going to go find some more dragons. Runs off and doesn't find any gold. He doesn't find any princesses. And I think I've transitioned over that hump to being a warrior and I know, I know what I stand for I know what I fight for I know what my what I wanted my future to look like and I feel grounded you know to bring it back to what we were talking about before it's like I feel grounded in my body I didn't feel grounded I was just running around with my with my sword in my hand and dick in the other and I was just fucking hitting shit <laughs> <laughs> sword in one hand dick in the other let's go <laughs> yep you just got another 50 fans just like that <laughs> man I fuck with this guy yeah <laughs> So now that you're, so what did you look like before? Like, like put this in tangible terms where we got, we got all like methodical and shit. Like what did, what did that, what did that stage look like before? Well, I mean, uncalibrated, just hitting walls. You know, I was like a little pinball machine. You know, I was talking nice. about, you were talking about running and not looking. Shit. I was just fucking hitting shit and I'd be like, fuck. And I got really sick. You know, I caught this parasite in Nepal and I was like, fuck. I'm like, you know, I got, I got like. I got really, really sick and like had to go home and I just went, oh, I'll figure it out and just fucking pump myself so it's like, I don't know how to kill a parasite, pump myself full of herbs and I'm like, oh, America, sick, let's go. And, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't calibrate anything. And so I think like looking at the consequences to my actions is, uh, is, is huge and me yeah. like, when stuff got hard, I just be like, oh, it's hard and like keep running at it, you know? Whereas now when stuff gets hard, I'm like, why am I doing this? All right, cool. And I can approach it in, you know, again, bringing back to groundedness yeah. in a way that really is the most effective right. rather than just hitting shit with, you know. Yeah, <laughs> with sort of dick. Of dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that can go wrong. That can go wrong, that can go wrong. So with, with that groundedness now, like, what are you doing today? What's today about? What's tomorrow going to be like? What's next year going to be like? How are you calibrated and where's your compass pointing to now? Mm. Describe your life to those, because honestly, like, describe what you're about now to everyone, to bring it full circle. Yeah, I think, like, uh, I'm realizing the, the, the things that actually impact me the most. Like, I like to think that I have a strong willpower. Mm. So I'm like, I can do anything. Like, you know, I don't need anybody. I can figure this out. And I'll just lean into it, like, really hard. And it's like, you know, ignoring circle of influence, environment, like these sort of things. And I'm like, okay, like there's been points when I've been doing really well and there's been points where I've been doing really shitty. And I'm like, it might be a good idea to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just look back and I'm like, okay, like when I'm with other people, um, when I, you know, train um, functional patterns, 
when I'm involved in men's groups, when I'm involved in the community, and when I'm out in nature, and I'm doing something that makes me feel alive. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So instead of just like, I used to live in company housing, and it's like, cool, I don't have to pay rent. I live in a fucking big ass five bedroom house in North Burnaby overlooking the river, like happy days. But the environment can change, and I don't have any control over that. Or I can be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend money to live with who I want, and live with a friend who I want, and choose who's on the same path. Like that is an, that's an example of like what I'm about. It's like looking at the things in my life that influence me and building the right structure around it so I can go where I want to go, which mm. is you know that freedom piece mm-hmm. and you know under, having having time to like and people around me that are going to influence me in the way I want to be influenced. You mm-hmm. know, like choosing to go to a men's group instead of going to get fucked up. You know, with the boys on a Friday night and going on a bender. Spending yeah. 900 bucks and being like, sick. What now? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. Like the conscious, conscious choice and like really looking at choosing what my influences are. Because whether I like it or not, there's influences happening. Of course, everywhere. Time, you know? Yeah. No, totally. So then, what's your, uh, what's five, what's 30 look like for you? <sighs> Shit. Where are you trying to be at 30? 30? Uh, Paint the picture. Man. I'm still 30 years old. I'm still, so I'm still just getting that. I'm just still getting that. Like, um, God, what's his name? What's that beer commercial? Shit. What is that guy? You know that guy? No. The most interesting man in the world? I, I kind of know what you're You right. know what I'm talking about, Joe. Oh, whatever. I'll be that guy. Yeah, that's what that's I'm right. getting. No, seriously, <laughs> though. Is it Alexander something or something? Definitely not. It's like something. It's like Hernando or something. Yeah, know. Hernando's way cool than Alexander. Yeah. Alexander, man. Yeah, come, come on. on <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, what are you trying to be in five years, man? What is five years? Like, what is paint that picture for me vividly? Yeah, five years, I think, is like, I just, I can, I imagine, I'm, I'm physical, you know, if we talk five love languages, like physical touch is my love language. So everything is very physical for me. Totally. Um, so I imagine myself underwater shooting some big ass fish. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 100%. And like somewhere like, uh, ooh. I'd love to dive with some killer whales. I'd love to free dive with some killer right. whales. Right. You know what the key word is there? Killer. <laughs> yeah. Well, they actually like hunt different species depending on where they live. Do so, killer whales eat humans? Nah, man. No, I don't know. That's cool. We'll look, look at me, I'll bring you with me. Look at me. Like, 30 years stupid. old, I'm going to call you up and we're going to go <laughs> and do yeah. it. I'll be like, trust me, Josh. Hey, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> How long can you hold your breath for? 60 seconds? You good. <laughs> Let's go. You can just float on the top. I'll give you some floaties, you know, the little orange ones. Hell yeah. We'll be fine. Hell yeah. Okay, I'll wrap it with this. Because I, uh, I love how you start your podcast with what's your, um, if you haven't listened to Josh's Live More, Regret, Regret Less, go listen to that. You always start it with a um, high of the week and low of the week. Now, so we've adopted similar practices over here uh, on the Think Space, but it's more towards, you, you've told us this journey. And you've told us your experiences and your thoughts along this journey and your decisions along this journey so far and, and who you are today, which is fluid and free, right? Which is fucking awesome, which is I, what I aim to be as well. But along that path, you've had some huge mistakes and some huge wins, some huge like, oh yeah, I, I went right and I could have went left, but right was actually the right way. And like, wow, looking back, holy shit, did I make the right decision? So looking back on this whole thing, what was your biggest misstep or failure or mistake? What was it and why did you make it at that time? And then what was your biggest success? What was it and why did you make that decision? 
I think my biggest mistake was not admitting that I was sick uh, when I got this parasite. I didn't, I didn't sleep for nearly a year. I had a tapeworm that I caught in Nepal. We were volunteering after the, after the earthquakes happened, remember a few wow. years ago? Yeah. Um, and so we were just sleeping on fucking concrete and like, you know, getting bitten by mosquitoes and like showering yeah. in a bucket in the Himalayas and, you know, eating like goat and whatever the hell was yeah. going around. And like, yeah, man, I got really sick. Really, really sick, and like I, yeah, I just got insomnia. I remember lying awake, and I'd just be like crying, Jesus, begging to go back to sleep. I'd just be begging. I'd just be like, please make this stop, like please. And oh, it made me shiver. It was just horrific. And I was too proud to admit, and too fearful that people would see me as weak, that. I did, you know, most embarrassing phone call of my life was calling my mum and being like, hey, mum, like, I, I need to come home. Like, I need you to look after me. Mm. You know? And I was 22, mm. 23, and I was fucked. Mm. And I think the biggest mistake was not looking at it and be like, yeah, dude, no one's going to judge you yeah. for, like, being not, sick. not sleeping and nearly dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I felt like I ran away from people, and I just, like... There was so much shame carried around that. So much shame. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. We make such stupid decisions we're fucking proud. Oh, dude. Dude. Fuck. Yeah. So dumb. That's so, yeah. We're idiots. Anyways. Um, biggest win? Yeah, we'll go yeah. biggest win. Okay, biggest win. We'll go biggest win. I think uh, that it hasn't really been one catalyst moment. I think, like, it's been... The biggest wins have been when I prepared in secret and was rewarded in public and oh. so like really practicing the skills of understanding people and learning how to talk how to speak how to communicate how to connect and like creating discernment for example and then being in a moment where i knew what to say mm. and i was able to impact someone in that moment nice and it changed their life and Hell i think yeah. that that Nothing just happens, you know? Yeah. Opportunity doesn't just drop on your lap. Yeah. You gotta fucking be walking around with your hands open and looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Chances aren't given, they're taken, like interceptions. Yeah. You gotta get that shit for sure. Mm. But have, having that knowing the right thing to say at that right moment to the right person with that context. Dude. Oh, man. Oh. And you watch their face change. You know? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, I, I get it. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, thank you. And you're like, well. Thank you, you know? Yeah. Really cool. No, 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 really, thank you. I've had moments like that on this podcast, man, where someone have said something to me, and I've been like, oh, <laughs> holy shit, I get it. So what you're saying is this, 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 and this. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly it. And I'm like, holy shit, thank you, you know, because I'm just intently listening, right? And you don't, there's not many situations where you can intently listen, mm-hmm. um, which is podcasting is great for that. Um, I don't know if you're going to get away with that win, but okay. I'll let you sneak away with that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you sneak away with that one. You want to throw another question down? No, nah, you know what? I think at the end of the day, it's... Okay, what I really want to know is why Why is that important to you, though? Like, why is it important to you to, to know what to say at that right time? Why is it important to you to be that leader, to be that voice of reason? Why? I had people like that in my life. Right. That really just, like, shifted the way my life was going to go. You know? Yeah. Like, I think... Like, I didn't know what shame was as right. an emotion 
and I buried it so much since I was a kid that when I was, you know, on this initiation weekend or whatever, and you go through the five emotions, mad, sad, glad, fear, and shame, you know, basic. Yeah. And it's like, most of us don't know how to express those emotions. I don't even know what they are. Get no. in touch with them, you know. Yeah. I couldn't like, name those off the top. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they were like, okay, express shame. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, what does shame feel like? What the fuck? And I was like, and like yeah, just express it, you know, just do, the, do a face. And I was like, and it was like, oh shit, I pull that face all the time. But I didn't, wasn't connecting the actual shame. I just buried it, you know, put that motherfucker in a bottle and shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, yeah. just, boom, light bulb moment. You know, oh. and I cried. I fucking was like, so I was like, ah, fall, fall apart. But it's like, yeah, like there was a man in that moment that knew exactly what to say. Oh. And it changed the trajectory of my life. Damn, so you're out here just changing trajectories left, right, and center. Mm. I like it. Josh, where can people find you, man? Uh, JoshDitmer.com and at the Josh Dittmer on Instagram. Hashtag egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much the main, the main vein. The podcast is live more, regret less. Hell yes. And that's, that's it. You know, I'm, and I'm out and about, you know, I think uh, if you're interested in men's work, the Samurai Brotherhood in Vancouver is just fucking next level. Sweet. I'm the dumbest and brokest guy in the room. Fuck yeah. It's fucking great. The best. <laughs> Me too. In every room. <laughs> Probably the youngest too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so cool. So if you want to uh, get out uh, in touch with you, they can hit you up through your Instagram. Um, podcast is epic. Who do you have coming up on the podcast? Like, do you have any cool guys coming up or anything like that? Yeah, Kevin. Oh, yeah, Kevin Wong. Shout out Kevin Wong. Kevin Wong? Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, I've got a friend of mine, Sam, a girl actually, who's going to come on in a couple of weeks. Sweet. And she's really just giving basically the female version of me you know she's Whoa. just all about chicks and okay. like really bringing that back all together right. and really uh, yeah beautiful woman really cool chick so okay. I'm excited about that because we careful now really well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's white man so I'm, ah. I'm dig that <laughs> if they're brown I'm down <laughs> And uh, listeners know, so I'm just going to leave it at that right there and uh, say thank you for coming on, my brother. I appreciate you. People can reach out, go check out that podcast, go back and then think about podcasts as they live forever. Go back and check out some of the ones he's already done. Mm. Um, the one with Joss was sick. That was dope that was too. Fun Context is epic on that one as well. Um, love the other one. Love the one you did with I Forget Her Name and I apologize. She's a sex... Juliet Allen. Julia Allen. Juliet Allen. Juliet yeah. Allen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, one of my best friends ended up dating her as well. Oh, yeah. my God. I was like, oh shit. Bro, we gonna talk about that I was like, camera. look out, Nick. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go check Josh out. Josh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, man. Until next time. Thanks. Bam. Thanks. Dope. Appreciate you.